0: This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Aptiv. Aptiv produces audio-based workouts created by certified personal trainers available through a mobile app. New members get 30% off an annual membership. Visit Aptiv.com slash nomeat. That's A-A-P-T-I-V dot com slash nomeat. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Casper, a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. Get $50 off select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash no meat and using promo code no meat at checkout. Hi, this is Hope.
1: This is Kareem.
0: Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C. and you're listening to No Meat Athlete. Radio. Doug, I'm not sure how much the listeners have picked up on this, but we've had two tech fails in a row.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true, and I feel kind of bad about it. I'm a little ashamed because as, as, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know if you would say this, but as kind of the de facto um, tech guy. Of, mm-hmm. of the podcast um i'm kind of i feel responsible for the fact that <laughs> the video that we were all hyping up and so excited about never came to fruition and last week's episode which wasn't my fault i don't think but it was it was just a still a very frustrating experience uh we ended up not being able to get it up either
0: oh i thought i thought you were taking responsibility for my for my beach
1: condo's wi-fi not being good <laughs> no. <laughs> i thought you no. were stepping up But it was, you know, but there I was, I was trying to send you all these links for how we could record different stuff and it just, nothing worked out. And uh, I got to say, man, the video was just a really heartbreaking experience for me. (laughs) Really? It was just disappointing. I just, I felt like I was, I'd spent a bunch of time on uh, trying to get that thing up and just felt like, felt like the, uh, felt, I don't know, helpless in, in the world of technology. Which yeah I like see here. i think
0: i think that's what it is i think what has happened doug is that we are approaching the singularity and the tech has finally outpaced us <laughs> even even a, a hip guy like you who's all in into the tech stuff i think you can't keep up anymore i think we're getting old and yeah, the tech honey. is accelerating too fast and we've we've lost it we need to we need to hire a 20 year old <laughs> that's what we need that is exactly what we need <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i i was disappointed too that video didn't work anyway we're gonna put this episode out a little bit early right so people hopefully will be pleasantly surprised assuming no tech issues this time <laughs> yeah um, don't make any promises <laughs> uh anyway it'll help maybe go up a day early i'm not sure um but the video thing i think i think is on a slight hold right now but we're gonna get it working we, we still have this whole other video idea uh and the podcast on video will be sort of just a little add-on to that so uh, I'm not I'm not too concerned about that I think we're gonna figure that out but I think we need to you know what was hardest was when we had the video cameras running uh, I felt like it was really awkward and like kind of hard yeah. to do a good episode so that's I think we can, I didn't need to make our episodes better the past two episodes have been a little shaky to me a
1: little bit uh, yeah you said that you uh, you said you've been disappointed in season three so far which <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. i have i've been on the internet blogging about uh
0: you know how much i don't like season three Nobody <laughs> <in the media. laughs> like leaving comments
1: like <laughs> yeah. anonymous comments all over the place
0: yeah uh no i just i just think we i i don't know i think we're on the right track i just i don't think those paths have we're trying to experiment too much we're trying to find things that's not, right. not even too much i'm glad we're doing this stuff but a consequence of that a symptom of that is that uh i don't know just made the episodes a little bit. Little we haven't quite found
1: hit our hit our stride. I guess that's true. Found that is, our sweet spot. That's very true Anyway, but hopefully but,
0: we can do that with this episode, right?
1: Yeah, yeah But I true. feel like a lot of big things have happened in the last week I mean you went you spent a week at the beach 4th of July. It was a good. Uh, good little week, right? It was a great week I i spent actually about 10 days at the beach
0: I did like a little three-day uh, guys weekend kind of thing that's with a long some time it was a long time and i didn't want to leave it felt like uh i could have done another week it was it was like i was hitting you know hit that point where as everyone talks about you get into vacation and then a weekend you're like you finally are really relaxed and into it and then you gotta right. go home so <laughs> um yeah it, it was really good i did the guys weekend and uh you know what they had there the that retro nintendo thing that little mini one. Oh yeah so uh-huh. we did she that has, like lot. all
1: the games yeah,
0: so I played like Metroid and Excite Bike and Kid Icarus and uh, oh, cool. Super C, Tech Mobile. Although, you know, a lot of those games like they've somehow they've uh, the licensing agreements have probably expired or something. So so Mike Tyson's punch out is now just punch out. And Tech Mobile <laughs> used to used to like when you score a touchdown, the guys would high five and it would say who did it, like Bo Jackson or Marcus Allen or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, that's all gone. So now it's just these generic players. You still have one really fast guy who was Bo Jackson, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just it was different. So that's cool. Um, might have to get myself one of those. And just did a bunch of beach games and all that kind of thing. Uh, bocce did not do bocce. That what, is uh, more. Beach that's games? a little bit more 1950s style than I was talking about. Um, <laughs> that's more of these 80 year old Italian guys. Oh, play. man, I love bocce.
1: <laughs> why you gotta? Why you gotta hate on bocce? Uh i don't know That seems like something that i would do just sort of the old old old-fashioned it's a simple game it's a wonderful beach game i actually played it on the fourth of july oh yeah bocce tournament yep okay Do you play uh croquet too (laughs) did not play croquet (laughs) No. no um the beach games i played were can jam you played that one uh i have not is that the one where you like throw like there's two balls on a string and you throw it no 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 no, that's a dis. it's a frisbee one can jams yeah 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 Yeah, i have this that's fun yep
0: yeah uh so doesn't can jam played my first spike ball you ever played that no but it looks like a lot of fun it is it is really fun it's what i've determined about it is it's not one of those games where you can stand there and drink a beer while you're doing it it's not (laughs) it's not cornhole uh or even can jam to some extent yeah or bocce uh, you're like diving in the sand getting sweaty and rolling around and it's it's really fun actually it was fun to do that because it seems that beach games have gone the way of i mean at least as i get older have gone the way of standing around drinking a beer so yeah uh that was cool played a lot of soccer of course on the beach with my son and um just had a good time and, you know we went to the went to the rides and the games and got really into uh ring fling which is where you throw those little red rings onto coke bottles Okay, <laughs> and if you hit one, you, you, like most of the games, if you win, you get a tiny little prize, like a like a miniature size size of your fist stuffed animal. <laughs> okay, um, and if you win two of them, you can trade that into for a medium. If you get two of the mediums, you can trade it in for a large, until so you work your way up to jumbo, and you have to spend a lot of money. Ring Fling, you get seven rings for a buck, and if you get one of them on a Coke bottle, you win the jumbo prize, which is like the size of a you know small adult. It's a giant bear or unicorn or whatever uh so we got quite into that and I, the kid we brought my cousin with us and he he hit it twice in in two dollars so we got two jumbo things to go home and then we went on youtube and then i came back the next day and tried to tried to really beat the game uh because <laughs> you
1: tried to cheat the system because well, he, but...
0: he told me he i asked him how he did it he's a you know 11 year old kid and I, he said oh i learned it from youtube and so I, we watched this video, and I happened to be coming back there the next day because we were meeting a, a friend. Uh-huh, and uh, uh-huh. So I figured I would, I would bone up on uh, Ring Fling a little bit <laughs> but, and then come back. Uh, but I did not win when I, when I came back, even despite promising my daughter that we would win tomorrow, so, but we didn't. So.
1: <laughs> so is there a cheat to Ring Fling?
0: No, I don't think so. The, the YouTube video basically said throw at the front, the front row of bottles so that if it bounces off of them... You've at least uh-huh. still got many more bottles that you might potentially land on. Uh, best I saw was people throwing it. The, I mean, we, I saw three people win it, and uh, they all threw it like a Frisbee, and just kind of a gentle toss.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So nothing, no no revolutionary cheat. There might be cheats, I don't know. But as far as I know, I'm sure if you had rigged rings, if you could like introduce your own rings into the game mm-hmm. that you had kind of doctored at home and maybe weighted down a little bit better,
1: that would be the way to beat Ring Flint. I have a feeling that they're not too into that idea (laughs) out at the ring ring fling you probably
0: you'd be cut off after a couple couple wins in I mean the girl I talked to who was running the booth said that she had seen four wins all night in three hours and my cousin won two two of of them (laughs) so I I have a feeling if, if our party had won another one
1: uh we would have been escorted or got our hand <laughs> like smashed or something the, like the him. manager would have come out of the <laughs> Cam- <laughs> they'd go yeah. to the cameras and <laughs> uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so anyway yeah, that's funny. yeah so good good vacation and uh sounds like you had a nice time too did a little lake laking
1: i did do a little laking yeah I, uh, yeah it was last week it's just one of those weeks when there's a holiday in the middle of the week that just kind of throws everything off mm-hmm. um but in a good way yeah the fourth was great we had a big vegan barbecue that whole thing, uh, which was wonderful. And then uh, had a lake day this weekend, which, you know, I don't know. I I think I've probably talked about this last summer because I get so excited about it every summer. Oh, not stand-up paddle. No, 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 no. Not stand-up paddle. We're pontooning. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Which, uh, which uh, you know, a couple years ago, had someone told me that you would be excited about getting on a pontoon boat and floating around the lake all day, I would have laughed in their face. But it is the most fun thing, activity <laughs> to do. It's, <laughs> it's just so relaxing. You, like, just hang out on a pontoon boat. What's, I pl- don't even know what
0: that is. Is that, like, the banana boat thing? That long, that long boat people ride
1: on? No, it's like a... It, I don't know, it's like those big flat boats that you can that have like chairs and they have two. I don't know.
0: Is yeah. it a Casper mattress out floating in the middle of the lake? <laughs> it's kind of like a Casper. <laughs> no, um,
1: no. It's. I mean, I don't even know how to how to describe it really. It's like got two big barrel things on the, on the bottom. You've seen them. They're like mm-hmm. they're like you know. There's the speed boats yeah, and yeah, There's yeah. the slow boats, basically, and that's it's basically of okay. these slow boats.
0: its it like a big fan motor that? Pushes you around slowly.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even know what you're talking about. But no, no um, Google it, and, okay, and you'll see. Uh, it just—it's just really fun and relaxing. So you like pull up into a cove, you swim for a little while, and you cruise around for a while. Mm-hmm. Drink some beers, throw the frisbee, jump off. You know, do like try to do backflips. Trying to master, trying to master the front flip today or this past trip and did nothing but bruise myself <laughs> um but it was just it was just a really really relaxing good way to spend a day and okay. the lakes down here are just gorgeous because they're in the mountains
0: yeah and that is nice i agree with that in general i think lakes are boring just to be on record as saying that uh they're kind of still and you know nothing to really do around them but i do think in the mountains they're kind of
1: nice i'll give you that i i can i have i fully agree disagree with you wholeheartedly you. lakes are fantastic
0: okay well
1: um
0: i was actually the we i saw people stand up paddling at the when i went tubing i went tubing a few weekends ago i probably mentioned that on the podcast um and that was that was fun it was it was near my boredom threshold but i was able to do it (laughs) and as we did we we passed this huge troop of people who were uh on stand-up paddles and i pointed out to aaron how miserable they all looked and i said look how boring that is remember how boring that was and (laughs) she said well it actually wasn't as good as she thought it was going to be based on you hyping it up
1: oh you guys are so wrong you're so (laughs) wrong how is stand up well we don't need to get into all this no
0: we don't but but yeah we have we have different ideas of i will have some of the same ideas of fun but we also have some very different ones stand up (laughs) paddling and i imagine pontooning being at least pontooning you can sit down while you do all those activities. Whereas stand up paddling, you can't really do the the hanging out because you're working and standing and trying to mm, that's
1: true. That's anyway.
0: True. Anyway. Um so what we're gonna talk about this episode <laughs> is uh are several minutes in. Is is kind of related to that. And it's it's if you are on the Nomad Athlete email list, then you probably saw my email from 4th of July week, which is sort of about how we were managing it with the kids. Um, because we've we've done, I don't know, we've done the beach vacation thing with the kids now a lot of times, probably, probably, I don't know, five, six times. And I feel like we've gotten steadily better at it. The first few times I was doing it, I was definitely, you know, we were brand new at being vegetarian even. Um, and then soon after that, we were brand new at being vegan. And in those early days, I felt like we were doing it, we were getting it done, we were We weren't failing at being vegan that was for sure um but we just we ate pizza four times in a week or if someone was ordering subs and bringing them onto the beach we'd kind of be caught saying like oh my god we don't know what to do and we'd order these veggie subs and they'd just be terrible and it's just just not good so we ended up eating a lot of white bread and you know maybe salty oily kind of chips and snacks and I, i feel like we did such a better job this time um Partly because we just kind of have gotten better at planning ahead and knowing what sort of things they will actually eat. And, and as I've kind of referred to before, whenever we find a recipe or a snack or something that just works exceedingly well and is not super expensive and it's fairly easy to put together and the kids eat it, we tend to hang on to that either by writing it down somewhere or just remembering it. Uh, so I feel like we've, we've kind of gotten to the point where we've accumulated enough things uh, that it's fairly easy. And they won't be the same for every family. but we've kind of figured out what made it work um but what made it really easy this time was was we brought the air fryer which was a big thing because our air fryer is not a small one it's not just an air fryer it's like a it's a breville smart oven air which is like the big
1: expensive one that i got yeah so people have been asking so what what is this uh
0: (laughs) yeah so we mentioned the air fryer a couple weeks ago i think i was just telling you randomly oh it was during our introduction to the uh to the season episode when we never actually got to the content we just we just <laughs> said what we were doing um yeah so we got i mean you can get air fryers for like i don't know 50 80 bucks for like just a regular little air fryer like the size of a coffee maker and you kind of just put your stuff in a basket and put it in um this one though is the one that chef AJ had recommended and I'm a friend of chef AJ and my wife Erin is also a friend and also kind of a fan follower of hers so uh it's, you know Erin had really wanted this this one that Chef AJ wants or likes, which is the Breville Smart Oven Air. Um, very expensive. I got it because we had we had credit card rewards points that I was able to buy Williams-Sonoma gift cards with and then get it for about half price. Um, not the Smart Oven Pro. The old Smart Oven Pro is also apparently really good, but it doesn't have the air frying feature in it. So you got to get Smart Oven Air, and uh, it's a huge thing. Like it, it feeds, It's four pieces of toast by four pieces of toast. It's how big you can lay things in there um so it, it basically a replaces measuring,
1: measuring system
0: well that's what you do And it, if you were not vegan you could say that it fits a uh, a full turkey in there or a full chicken i think they <laughs> I think they vary by weight but that's one of the things that they talk about is how it how it fits a giant bird in it huh. um anyway it replaces our toaster like we got rid of the toaster for this thing so we just we decided to bring this which seemed like kind of a big deal and we also brought our blend tech and I, at first i was like i just I don't know. I hate the idea of bringing that stuff on a vacation. I kind of like being light and minimal and, I don't know, knowing we can sort of survive however we need to. But being somewhere for, for, I was there for 10 days, being at the beach with the whole family for seven days, figured, you know, it's going to be heavy to carry in and out. Yes, it's kind of a pain. We're overpacking, it looks like, but it was totally worth it. It was, it was, it just made it so we could do all kinds of really good stuff. The main thing we did was make uh, air fried tofu with it where you don't use any oil. You just kind of you know crisp up the tofu <laughs> and uh, made a bunch of wraps that way with a lot of fresh veggies and good some sprouted wheat pitas at the store and it just all worked really really well it it made it so that we could kind of make lunches we still went out to eat a few times but uh what I said in the email was that like going out to eat when you are intending to go out to eat that's totally great and worthwhile and I think you get a lot out of out of that experience what isn't good for the most part every now and then maybe but like When you just go out to eat because you realize you have nothing for dinner or because there's no other choice or you didn't plan and now you know everyone you're with is ordering in and they're ordering from a place that you can't have anything from because there's nothing good vegan there so you end up going out i don't know i like that i just kind of got sick of that stuff on vacations uh and this really prevented a lot of that so that was my big takeaway from the from the beach trip is bring your air fryer if you have one um or if you're not gonna do that I think in general it was just, you know, bring bring what you need to, to get by. And it worked really, really well. I feel like this was the first beach vacation where I came back from it and didn't feel like I had just been eating terribly the whole time and needed to get back to normal. So,
1: Did you bring your air fryer to the
0: guy's weekend? <laughs> no, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I talked yeah. about the air fryer at the guy's
1: weekend. I bet you did. I've heard you talk about this air fryer a lot since, uh, mm-hmm. since you got it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like I don't have an air fryer, and uh, I'll be honest, I'm probably not going to buy one anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, know, but I think what's important here is the the idea of kind of like regardless of whether it's an air fryer or a Blintec or or whatever, is um is having a plan, right? Like doing some pre planning before you get down there, so mm-hmm. that you're not in, stuck in that situation of like, oh gosh, what are we going to eat tonight? Right?
0: Totally. And you could even do it by the way if you didn't bring anything from home. You can still do it by, by if you knew some certain meals that you were going to make uh, or that you typically made and just go to the grocery store and get that stuff, which I know is, you know, people do at a beach vacation anyway. But uh, somehow it just felt like it was another level this time in terms of like we figured out exactly what we were making most days for them. And we figured out, you know, six different things that they would eat throughout the day. And we went and got those things and made those things. And it just worked out really well. So, yes, plan ahead. That's the moral.
1: <laughs> I am. A, we do always bring our our Vitamix to uh, to the beach. Uh-huh. I'm sure a lot of people do that. It's just like it's when you you're at the beach, you want to drink smoothies. You want to, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. Like you just want to use your you want to use your Vitamix all the time.
0: Totally. I I actually had the idea because as we've mentioned, I was kind of um, doing not nearly fruitarian, but as the weather has heated up and I've gotten a little bit more active again recently, I had just sort of been inspired to eat a whole lot more fruit not i mean i have thought a lot about the fruitarian and and 80 10 10 stuff i don't think it's a really good thing long term i know there are people who have success with it for several years uh and that's great but i it's not just kind of looking at the science i don't think it's the way you should eat for you know more than a few months at a time i just there's there's, especially the fat content it seems very low to me um but anyway but for short term when i've done it before i felt really great on it and i i like that kind of boost so i had Actually, I didn't do this, but it occurred to me that if you were going on a beach vacation and you were concerned about what to eat, this might not work for the kids, but like that would have been a great week to do fruitarian and say, I'm just going to eat fruit the entire week. Especially if you're willing to do it and not be super strict about it. The challenge would be you're trying to be fruitarian, and then you know 4 o'clock rolls around and people start cracking beers on the beach and bringing out the, the pita chips and hummus, and like you know you have to eat your six bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's when it would get hard and be impossible to well for me impossible to stick to uh, yeah, had... I,
1: I kind of feel like vacation is the exact wrong time to really like that yeah <laughs> i mean maybe seems... like maybe like a bunch of fruit for breakfast and that kind of thing but like
0: yeah i see th- i think the way to, to do that like if and uh, you know what? i'm gonna i have another beach vacation later this summer with friends maybe i'll try it then um, just to show you, Doug, and I'm going to just to prove I'm, me wrong. Yep, and I'm not going to do any pontooning or any uh, stand up paddling. I'm going to okay. do an it. Anti- You're so Doug. much more fun than yeah, I am. Yeah. I
1: get to, you get to eat <laughs> bananas all day. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not
0: going to play any bocce. I'm not going to play any croquet. I'm just going to do fun things. Um, but here's what I was thinking: you could, like, if that. I mean, for me, having that little game to play. That's hey, I'm being fruitarian at the beach. Like, mm-hmm. that would make it suddenly, it just adds a level of appeal to me. And it's so simple. If you could just bring a big bag of produce, a big bag of fruit to the beach, then, I don't know, it's just easy. The problem is, and this is something I've learned a lot recently, I've started to recognize that you try to be 100% something and it ruins it in many ways. Like, if you could if you could eat, okay, let, let's let's set aside the issue of whether or not fruitarian is healthy for a long term but if you could eat all fruit all the time or a super healthy diet but then it just happens that at happy hour and dinner you end up doing something else because that's what people do on vacation and there's other things to eat and it's hard it would be hard you'd be it would get to the point of you're causing a big inconvenience to yourself by sticking to this fruit diet um but that would be a super healthy great vacation right if you ate fruit and vegetables all day and then just at, at four o'clock and dinner time, you ate things that, you know, were so pretty healthy, but we're not raw fruit and vegetables anymore. That's that would be great. That'd be a great vacation. In the past, that type of thing would never work for me because I would want that hundred percent I would need that line that says I'm doing this thing hundred percent, I'm all in, and if I'm not all in, and if I can't do it, then I'm not gonna be doing it. Um but I've kind of just come to realize that hundred percent thing, like I don't know. It it matters I guess psychologically that that does do a lot, um, but I don't know. I guess I'm taking taking the small wins approach here. For if you can if you can get the small win of of eating raw most of the day, and then and then having, you know, and the cost of that is that you let yourself have a dinner at the end of the day or a snack at the beach. That's uh, that's not. I don't know. I feel like that makes it suddenly way more doable, and you're not really losing very much from that.
1: What do you think has changed about you that, that you're okay with the non one hundred percent? I
0: think that's a good question. Um, I think it is. I think that it's sort of a theme in my life and <laughs> it has to do with uh honestly it has a lot to do with having kids which is what this episode is about. Um I have just kind of I've just kind of learned that I don't know like, you know when you're young and you you're all uh amped up and motivated I think it's it's it can actually be useful to be 100% into something, right? Like as I just said, like that can be the thing that is so exciting to you and makes you stick with something is knowing that you are 100%, you don't cheat you you know you're just all in and that's great but then i i just kind of found that like eventually that gets to a point where that causes you so much stress um especially if it's not your main focus right when you're younger like when i was younger and i'm thinking about running and nutrition that could be my main focus and that would be totally fine um nowadays it's just it's not going to be it's, it's something that happens in the background i mean, think we've gotten really good at at doing that stuff um in the background without it being 100 percent our focus um so I don't know. I think I think that's, you know, stresses and, and other time commitments and things, they have kind of come up and made me realize that like you can you can do stuff almost. And by the way, I'm not this isn't my way of saying that I'm not vegan anymore. I'm only almost vegan. <laughs> that would be quite a nice segue into that, I guess. But uh, that's not what I'm talking about. We're still hundred percent vegan and no plans to, to stop that. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. No, so, but I I, I I know what you mean and I am starting to kind of feel the same way.
0: Yeah, I think that actually would be a an interesting episode. Actually I'm curious, Doug, about how you are. Is, is it related to uh to having a young child?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, for me the most uh I guess obvious way thing is is training. Like I feel like I mm-hmm. have um with my running, it just you know, I haven't been a hundred percent all in uh in a while. And, and that includes, you know, training for the Hunter Mile and stuff. I was doing, you know, significantly more than I am right now but um, you know what it didn't look at all like it did when I changed for my first and my second one right um, yeah
0: and so I think I think what would make a good episode <clears throat> I don't think we should go into this now cuz it, it just it's not at all what we're supposed to be talking about um, <laughs> is, is is that a good thing or is that a bad thing or is it neither right because like someone who had deliberately decided not to have kids so that they could you know squeeze the hundred percent of the juice out of the rest of their life that isn't about kids right? Which, which no doubt you can do, right? I mean, kids, kids teach you a lot of lessons that are valuable in other things that don't involve kids. I mean, uh, that's true, but it's just a major, major time commitment in, it's just, it's just a whole changing of priorities, right? So you can't possibly with kids, maybe there are people who do it, but you can't possibly that I can imagine pour hundred percent of yourself into something. Um, once you do that, what I would ask though, is like, is I don't know, like the fact that you said you didn't train as hard for the, and probably couldn't even imagine training as hard for this last 100 miler as you did before you had a child. Um, is that something to kind of lament? Like, is that is that too bad that you couldn't do that? Or is that is that a good thing that now you don't put all that focus into something as, you know, maybe in the big picture insignificant as training for 100 miler? And instead you're putting it onto, onto a child and have family.
1: That's a great question, Matt. And uh, I think the one that could start a really long conversation. So why don't we yeah. hold off on that? Good. And right, actually, you know, I have, I have some more questions about kids because you know you're in a different place than I am. Uh, but before we get into that, why don't we take a second to thank our sponsors?
0: This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Aptive. Aptive produces audio-based workouts created by certified personal trainers, available through a mobile app. Aptive makes the highest quality training available to everyone with a carefully selected group of certified personal trainers that guide you through every workout. The trainers have a wide array of personalities and offer a variety of classes and levels from just starting out to advanced to keep you engaged with your program over time. There are even over 30 classes added to the app each week.
1: Now we've mentioned before that I've used Aptive for strength workouts a few times, but Recently, I've been testing out the running workouts as well, which is pretty cool. If you're in a funk with your plan and need to mix things up, just throw in the app. They have a variety of speed workouts and interval runs, treadmill workouts, and even race-specific workouts for 5Ks. All the way up to the marathon. It can be pretty fun to have a coach in your ear telling you exactly when to push and when to pull back. Subscriptions start at $14.99 build
0: monthly or $99.99 for an annual membership. For a limited time, new members get 30% off an annual membership, which is just $69.99 for the whole year of unlimited workouts. Visit active.com slash no meat. That's aapti dot slash no meat. This episode of Nomade Athlete Radio is brought to you by Casper, a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. Casper's mattresses are designed by humans for humans. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce.
1: Matt, I don't know about you, but one of the most annoying things about buying a new mattress is dealing with the whole bulky mattress and box springs, trying to wiggle it into your bedroom and... You know, sneak it around corners, get a hoist, get a get a good grip on it. Casper, on the other hand, delivers mattresses straight to your doorstep for free if you live within the U.S. or Canada in this compact box. You just open it up, and the mattress takes form. It's easy, and it's pretty cool. Considering we spend
0: one third of our lives on a mattress, it's so important to truly sleep on a mattress before committing. That's why Casper gives you a hundred nights to try it out. Get fifty dollars towards select mattresses by visiting Casper.com/no_meat and using promo code no_meat at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. That's $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash no meat and using promo code no meat at checkout.
1: Okay, so we don't actually we do have a beach trip coming up. um, But we're staying with family. It's family at someone's house. It's a little different. But, um, you know, one thing that that Eliza that we're struggling with, not struggling with, but we're thinking a lot about is... um, is like car road trips type stuff and, and, um, you know, how to handle food on the road, you know? And that's the thing I think that a lot of vegans, um, struggle with at the beginning anyway, is like, what do you eat on a, on a road trip? You know, like Mm -hmm. where do you stop? And like all your kind of go-to fast food restaurants might not have very good options for you anymore. So like, what do you do? Right. Um, did you think that with kids now it's any different than it was i mean i guess you had the kids when you went vegan but i mean do you think it's different for people with kids than just people without kids
0: uh yeah i do because i think i think a grown-up can uh can endure some bit of discomfort and and a kid for the most part can't do that right i mean i guess you can eventually teach them to or uh, or they can just get used to it Uh, and as they age certainly they're they're more able to endure discomfort but like you know like yes if you were traveling alone and we do we do a eight to nine hour drive back to the Baltimore area every now and then maybe once, twice a year now. Um, and like, you know, Aaron and I could, could do that and we could stop at a grocery store and grab some apples or something and we could just eat apples for the, for the trip and we'd be all right. Right. I mean, eventually you're kind of craving something different, but you're fine. Um, kids having a kid and having them try to do that as well, eventually puts them over a threshold where they get so annoying that you, you can't possibly endure it anymore yourself. If that makes sense right so um we you know there's just another layer of planning that has to happen uh on top of that i think also like there's and this is this speaks to the choice to be plant-based for yourself versus the choice to have your children be plant-based as well um there's the whole like i'm okay just eating terrible food and stop stopping at taco bell um for myself but I don't really want the kids to do that. Like I just would rather keep making the right right choice for them. Even if it's just one time, and I know I just talked about perfection and you know, you're not going to be perfect and there's not, there's not much value in trying to be perfect. Um, But I don't know With the kids as often as possible, like in the moment, the choice we make, I just try to make the good one for them. I just feel like those things add up and you know, I'm okay with me eating something junky. Speaking of Taco Bell, have I mentioned this on the podcast, Doug seven layer burrito, (laughs) no cheese, no sour cream.
1: What? Seven layer burrito? No cheese, no sour? Cream? Yeah.
0: Sid Garza Hillman turned me on to this. Um that's vegan. And you can get it. And
1: what's in a seven layer burrito? I haven't it's been so long since yeah, I've been at Taco I know.
0: About. I thought Taco Bell was totally off limits. I I stopped at one on my book tour uh in Wisconsin, like I think it was Wisdell's was the city, which is like this crazy amusement park Las Vegas of a city that is in Wisconsin. And stopped at Taco Bell and it was just whatever I got was so terrible. I, I googled. I think I was on Peta's website maybe, and they they had suggested some things you could get at Taco Bell that were vegan. I don't think they mentioned this one, um which makes me think I should go ask Sid about it and make sure that that it is in fact vegan. But I I mean I can't see why it would be because it's the same ingredients here as are in the things that Peta suggested. Um, but I just I don't know. I got some sort of refried bean taco, and the beans were so runny and gross, and I just. I don't know. I just heard all these Taco Bell's like the one fast food restaurant that you hear the horror stories about the most when you're a kid, like the rat in the kitchen or the or the bird beak that shows up in somebody's taco. <laughs> like for some reason, Taco Bell just has has the reputation as like, <laughs> the dirtiest of the fast food places. Oh, uh, that's disgusting. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah, if, if seven layer burrito, no cheese, no sour cream, has Ooh. apparently is vegan and uh, it's it's really good i mean it was it was like good in that kind of gross way where i got two of them because it seemed so good and then by the time i was on the second it was like oh my god i just can't believe i'm eating this but yeah first couple bites were really good so anyway (laughs) that is that is total junk food um that's not something that that i would say is a good healthy choice for the kids and I just don't even want to put them down that road. Like, I just don't, you know, if I'm, I might do it for myself. And like I said, if it was just me and Aaron on the on the car and then we're in the car and there were no other options, like, you know, do that. But for the kids, I would much, much rather plan ahead and get that right. So, um, we, I mean, I don't think that's really all that complicated. It's really just a matter of, of going to the grocery store a day before your trip and having the stuff that they may possibly want. Um, for when we were doing that trip very often, I feel like my kids were between, no, no two and four or five um we did a lot of fruit we did a lot of pre-made uh almond butter sandwiches which mm-hmm. we put on back then they ate uh the ezekiel that sprouted green bread they don't do that anymore but we just pre-make a bunch of those uh we'd have some fruit we'd have waters nowadays we have Lara bars because they're really into those and for the most part they're pretty healthy they're usually just dates and nuts um you know and then whatever other snack that they are kind of into and i think often like at the end of an eight hour trip is when we would kind of eventually cave and bring out the the pretzels and say okay everyone have some pretzels now because you made it really far um <laughs> but you know that's kind of how we did it and, and it was never that bad i you know there's you can stop at uh chipotle i mean it's tons of oil and and salt in that but uh it's a good little treat now and then and not the worst thing you could be eating uh, stopping at a Whole Foods is, is really great because of course, because they have the hot food bar. Um, so we would do that kind of thing time to time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How I mean, you? I think that like for, for us in general, like once we went vegan, it just kind of, you know, it kind of became standard that we would pack a lunch and pack some snacks with us instead of just assuming we'd get everything on the road. Um, and you know and and typically that ends up being way healthier than anything you'd get on the road anyway right which is nice right um and you know i mean she's young enough that we can uh we can feed her you know she'll just munch on whatever we give her so we give her i mean a lot of like rice cakes and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. if she just needs something to snack on to keep from crying um and, uh, you know, so it's, it's, we don't have to worry too much about like big meals and that kind of thing. Cause we can just kind of give her fruit. We can give her snacks, uh, and that'll tide her over for a while. Um, even like pouches, you know, when we're traveling and stuff and going out to restaurants or something like that, like those little like fruit pouches, mm-hmm. um, aren't so bad. They're not the end of the world. They're not great, but yeah, certainly worse yep. things. Yep. Um, and so it's kind of easy for us, but I, I'm starting to kind of think about more about that stuff as we worry about, um, or as we plan for longer trips this summer and, and start thinking about, you know, what we're going to pack. So this is good. It's helpful.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I think that is the, the right way. To, I think that's the right way to think about food in general, right? Like, it's like snack foods have a reputation of being unhealthy and, and that's, that's for good reason. Cause many of them are unhealthy. Uh, and, and they're, they're made with salt and oil a lot because that's what people like to have in their snacks because that's what that's what satisfies you that's what makes you keep wanting more and more of them um i guess that's opposite right satisfying and keep wanting more and more but it's uh it, it, it it appears to be that's like something that is really good it's except and it appears to be that that's what will satisfy you but then you just want more and more until you are totally full but anyway um and so that's good i mean i think a lot of snacks are bad i don't think though that I don't think the idea of snacking instead of eating meals, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's actually a really good thing as long as you make those snacks healthy. Like, I think it's totally fine. And you can get into whether it makes sense to graze all day or have meals, and that's kind of a different discussion. Um, But I think if if this – if when you're talking about snacks, you're talking about things like rice cakes, especially if they're made from brown rice, uh, fruit. Nuts and seeds, like if 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 these are your snacks, and and they can become that. If, if you're new at, at plant based diet, I mean, just you know, stick with it a while, and you will probably find yourself eventually starting to eat that kind of stuff, uh, or veggies dipped in hummus. Like if, if the snacks you're eating themselves are healthy foods, I think there's still this unnecessary amount of guilt that people have, especially when when feeding their kids, that. Just goes back to the idea that they're not giving them, you know, square meals that have the protein and have the carbohydrate and have the greens over here. Like, I, I think that whole thing is just is really an invention um, that doesn't matter. Like, yeah, like the square meal idea it just doesn't it doesn't really have any any merit. Um, so I, I think as long as you're eating healthy food, like you could just keep eating that healthy food all the time. You wouldn't need to do meals. right? You could you could eat your healthy snacks and that could be your diet. Uh, and this, I've written about this before, That like, it used to be that I would, on the days when I wouldn't have any dinner um, planned or, or wouldn't have ingredients in the house, I would end up just eating snacks. And I would, and this at, at, this was tr- shortly after becoming vegan, and I would end up, you know, deciding just to make a smoothie um, or eat some fruit or, you know, eat whatever leftover brown rice I had in the fridge along with some, and like, I had this early on i had this this sense that that was not good and then it was like i started to realize that that was uh, way way healthier than most of the things that i had used to even even plant-based um consider a meal right like a veggie burger which is all full of processed stuff i mean there are good ones but it, but there are a lot of them are are bad but i think people still have this sense that if you give a kid a veggie burger even on a you know white flour bun um that's a meal whereas a smoothie and some other snacks that are combined that are all really healthy and they just fill you up that somehow that's less healthy than the than this processed veggie burger because it doesn't seem like a meal in itself. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes it makes total sense. And you know, as as uh, as Eliza is learning to eat more and more real foods, we're like having to kind of craft these quote meals, but really it's it's just like a little bit of apple and a little bit of banana and uh, her big thing right now is just like chickpeas. Uh-huh. You know, like uncooked yeah, or like not not raw, but obviously because that would be hard. But you know, um, not not added to anything, just kind of some chickpeas out of the can, kind of thing. Yeah, um, it's
0: funny you mentioned that. Remember that time? Uh, this you probably happened a couple times, but when you guys came over for dinner with some other friends of ours, and Ellery, uh, our youngest, ate what she wanted was a half can of kidney beans dumped out on her plate, yeah. and she just ate that. <laughs> uh, and she might have had other things with it. But, like, that was the main thing she ate. She still eats pretty much that same way. And it sounds like Eliza is on that same path. And I think it's great. Like, Ellery is, is the person in our family who eats the best because she never went through a period where, you know, she got the message that you need to you need to combine foods into some fancy right. thing. Um, right. And so it's funny you mentioned chickpeas because that is still Ellery's favorite thing is she'll – in fact, she had that last night. We all had these <laughs> – we had these, like – Coconut cauliflower Baja style tacos from that book that I love, that uh, that Vegan for Everyone book, which I mentioned a few yep. times. Um, uh-huh. This dish is is so good. It, it's supposed to be like fish tacos. That's the idea, like Baja style fish tacos. But the cauliflower, which is coated in coconut milk, panko, and coconut flakes, uh, and then and then just roasted in the oven. We actually used the air fryer last night for it. It it sort of takes on a fish texture because it's sort of soft underneath of a crispy outside. Um, yep. And has this mango slaw and it's delicious ellery won't eat it though she just it's just too much but if you just take the ingredients apart and give her (laughs) cauliflower that has no coating on it Uh and a little pile of chickpeas and one corn tortilla she'll eat that up because she likes that just separate things on her plate and those are all totally healthy things to eat um on their own so her
1: her deconstructed tacos
0: exactly she's she's like avant-garde yeah
1: (laughs) yes yeah no i mean that that's the same that's the same thing that Eliza's doing. It. And part of it is like, you know, I mean, she's really young and, you know, eating a taco isn't really an option, but, um, yeah. you know, but she just, she'd be super happy if we just gave her, if we give her like a little, you know, one of those little snack pouch things full of, uh, of chickpeas. She just kind of munches them or, or green peas even. So she she'll just like chew on those for a while and right. be really, really happy.
0: Right. Yeah. So, so I don't know more and more. I, I just feel like that is a, a really great way to eat um i i like cooking i like cooking from recipes it's fun and, and in fact it is fun in a way that isn't about food anymore right? it, it is part of it is about being entertained by your food mm-hmm. and and just by the variety of it by the fun of cooking something by the fun of having something that you know seems like something you can't eat anymore on a plant-based diet um you know there's an entertainment factor there and i think i think that can be avoided if you never really go through it and if you don't um like, like our daughters haven't. It sounds like, um you know, that's a good thing. I think it really is. I think, I think the only reason we had this meal thing, uh, a lot of it has to do with that that food as entertainment and or myths that are sort of perpetuated by the industry. But different topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, I, I, I think, I think that's a great thing though. It's just the idea that you can just combine foods that don't seem like a meal, and that's probably the healthiest way to eat. And what I was, where I was getting to, I never got there. Was it, it? It eventually occurred to me that the healthiest meals I were eating e- eating were those where I was pretty much just combining things, not cooking anything. I was just combining healthy foods and mm-hmm. eating them to fill up. So, um, yeah, I think that's a great way to feed kids. I know, like, if you're trying to transition kids from a standard American diet or even uh, a, a more healthy than that omnivorous diet to a plant-based diet, uh, you know, I, I recognize that there are challenges in trying to just feed them a pile of chickpeas and say that this is a satisfactory dinner um <laughs> so you have to you have to you know either transition and and move there gradually not, not to, that that's a joke of course that chickpeas are the only thing you eat for dinner but um you have to either transition there gradually or just recognize that that maybe that's not the goal maybe you're not going to get there but you're just going to get them eating like a you know normal adult who eats a plant-based diet who still does a lot of cooking and a lot of needs that need that meal aspect um but anyway it's I guess I just want to recognize it like it is totally different I think and I've even noticed that with like we have a son who started out vegetarian and we were so new at this that we were you know we would do the Gardein fried chicken things and you know they're not chicken they're made out of whatever Gardein makes their stuff out of um but like you know, he went through a year we we eat those for lunch a lot of days, and I think that ended up being a bad thing because now now he wants food that tastes rich and good like that in a way that that is very hard to find
1: in, in nature in Whole Foods, you know. So yeah. um, you know, you know, little side story, you don't yeah. want to know how Eliza gets her greens? Sure. <laughs> she, no, like if you were to give her a salad, she or like you know lettuce, she wouldn't eat it, but. Right. Uh, in the garden, she loves picking it, and she'll just eat so much of it. She'll just like go to town on some kale. If she walks up to it and grabs it and just like rips it off and that's, starts eating that it. That's so something.
0: interesting. I mean, that's just like such a great illustration because people give that advice all the time for parents. They say involve the kids in the process. Yeah. And uh, I've never, I haven't heard of someone doing that, but that's perfect. I mean, that that is exactly how it should be, right? I mean, like, if you see something come out of the ground and it's green and looks good, like it seems right that our instinct would be to eat that to eat it yeah um whereas it's when just... it if it shows up on your plate though in in salad form uh or especially if it shows up on your plate in like sauteed kale form and it's sort right. of much different now i could see why i could would think that's gross but out of the ground it takes on a, a different level where it's not it's not gross anymore
1: yeah yeah it's uh it's super cool and so now every night we like go out of the garden and we take her and uh and she has her another funny, funny thing sorry <laughs> cute kid moments mm-hmm. uh we were grocery shopping over the weekend and um we've been learning about broccoli uh she has like some toy broccoli things in this like little toy kitchen thing um and uh i was loading up the grocery cart and i grabbed a bunch of broccoli and she wanted to hold it and then she just held it the the entire time we were shopping. She's sitting in like little front thing, held it, and just kind of like nibbled on it the whole, <laughs> the whole time. Like this huge head of broccoli. It was That's great. That's funny. Yeah. You should take videos of these Doug. These I have good. A good, I have a pretty good photo of that. Maybe we'll uh, we need video we'll post it somewhere. is yeah, not, not a have have viral, first, man.
0: Exactly. ABC one. These could be your next. This could be your next gig. <laughs>
1: producing viral content. Viral content uh, of my daughter. You know, using her to make make tons of money i
0: think you should i think her grazing in a garden going around eating her salad in the garden that's that's facebook gold as far as i'm concerned. <laughs> next time maybe tonight yeah you should do it well that's cool i think that is such a good illustration of this point that everyone tries to make um but i think mm-hmm. nothing is better than than that one um speaking of salads though we we had a hard time getting ours to eat salad for a long time it turned out that the key was making a dressing that tastes really good and uh we have this, this Our friend, Evelise Capo, who runs the Food Pharmacy, I think it's foodpharmacy.com, they came to visit us a few weeks ago, and she again made this strawberry dressing that is just, you know, sweetened with strawberries and dates, and put that on salad, and the kids love it. Uh, Similarly, we have a cashew ranch dressing that they also really like, and if you just Google cashew ranch, you'll find plenty of them. Um, But I I think, assuming, Doug, you eventually want to get away from having her go out in the garden to eat her salad um well the, it's a point the grains are not gonna be in the garden all the time <laughs> right. um so yeah the thing to try would be experiment with different dressings until you find one that she just really likes and then you know go from there so um what else what else with with uh kids because the point of this episode is not vacations it's uh it's how we kind of do the how we do the kid thing so
1: um what else doug I don't know. I mean, you know, I think that snacks is kind of, you know, as someone with a 19 month old, so, right. So, um, you know, it's a little different situation than a four year old. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, for her, it's just snacks are like the best thing we can do all day. is just to have a bunch of pre-cut apples and, um, you know, chickpeas or peas or whatever. And, um, just things that she can kind of munch on.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And that's been, um, she, you know, if she sees us eating, she wants to eat, right? Yeah. And, sure. um, and she oftentimes, like, if we're snacking on pretzels or snacking on something that's not healthy, like, that's the only thing she wants, right? She won't take a healthy snack. So, mm-hmm. but if you give her the healthy snack first, or if she's full on the healthier snacks, um, then it doesn't really matter what you're eating, right? <laughs> I, I, that sounds like we just eat nothing but junk food. Um, <laughs> when in reality, actually, her, her, watching us and wanting to eat our um our snacks has made us want to snack healthier there you go so you're gonna change the afternoon corn chip habit well you know i'm starting to because i don't do it in front of her anymore
0: (laughs) do you sneak off to do it i sneak
1: off it's like (laughs) hidden you know hidden in the closet and in the bedroom
0: yeah well we've i've we've done our share of you know secretly eating something (laughs) so that the kids don't want it yeah um you know what? Other snacks we do, Doug, a lot. Uh, the Engine Two crackers. I think they are
1: hmm. pretty good.
0: They're, I mean, they're they're compared to other crackers, they are a little bit cardboardy. Uh, they're they're not a lot of salt in them. I don't think there's any fat added to them. But um, com- you know, kids, you just if if that's what they start with, and even yeah. even us, we've just gotten used to eating that. Then then they're great, and they're the healthiest cracker you can buy. So we do that a lot. And we mentioned hummus already. Roots hummus and Astro makes an oil-free one. Mm-hmm. Um you know i don't think i think hummus is a great food i think i think tahini is good and i think um chickpeas of course are very good so to get uh, a nice serving of those tahini being sesame seed paste and and seeds being something that are very good to get a lot of despite the fact that they have fat in them um you know it's fat in whole food form and that's a great thing so hummus good um if you can get it without oil wonderful but uh, i still think it's worth it even if it has a little bit of oil but just some of the some of the hummuses are made with like i don't know what it is, sunflower oil. Uh, canola oil. I try to, you just try very hard to find them or make your own better. Uh, if you're going to have oil in it and just use extra virgin olive oil, cause that is uh healthier for sure. And you know what else we got? We mentioned rice cakes. There are these spelt flax cakes that are at Whole Foods. Have you seen those Doug? They're in little square shaped ones, real thin. No, I don't think I have. No, I feel like I've seen them so many times. I just assume everyone has, but it's probably just cause you know, we buy them we have them in our house all the time. Um, but I, rice is something that i made
1: with the rice cakes i'm sure they are like in the store i'll be honest i've never i've never purchased rice cakes before until like six weeks ago <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: um they're with the rice cakes but only like in a in a fan store if you go or if you go to a regular grocery store and we uh, we love our uh our grocery store conversations grocery store snobbery um <laughs> you go to a regular grocery store and you go to the snack aisle and if you're if you're seeing the rice cakes there next to the potato chips and all that they're probably not going to have these little mini square ones. But if you go to Whole Foods and look where their rice cakes are, uh you get you get a good variety of rice cakes to choose from. And <laughs> I mean rice rice is great. We've mentioned it as a good food. Brown rice good whole food. Um it does have arsenic in it and in in levels that are higher than ideal. Um and potentially dangerous. It's there's there's some science that suggests that it, it that although the levels of arsenic are high in these Uh, it doesn't seem to be manifesting in the form of, of, uh, cancer as, as one would fear that it might. Um, but anyway, try to avoid, I just don't like to eat brown rice all the time. So what's great about these is is it is made out of spelt and flax and, uh, somehow I don't know what they do. Maybe they puff it or something, but it just has the consistency of a rice cake, but it is not rice. It's made out of spelt. So we, I like that as sort of an everyday thing. Uh, Again, I don't want to say that like you shouldn't eat brown rice. We do plenty of brown rice when we cook it. Well, we get it imported. That's a, that's a brown rice tip. Uh, typically, imported brown rice from Thailand or India is going to be lower in arsenic than um, rice from like southern U.S. And if you cook it using what is called the pasta method, where you put a giant pot of water and you just boil your rice in that water for a long time, uh, and then you have to drain it because you have all this excess water, but also all this the arsenic has hopefully leached out into the water, so you can just rinse it away. Uh, <clears throat> rather than having having all the water be absorbed because of course sorry, all the water be evaporated slash absorbed, in which case nothing is washing away, and in which case every bit of arsenic that's in there you were then ingesting yourself. So anyway, we do we do brown rice, we just sort of usually take when we're making it at home, take that uh extra step to make it try to get the arsenic out of there. So neither here nor there, right Doug?
1: <laughs> neither here nor there. <laughs> no, but uh but those uh brown rice rice cakes. Yes. Tamari-flavored?
0: So no. Tamari-flavored?
1: I don't know. We just get the plain ones and then kind of flavor mm. them ourselves. Yeah. Get them in something or...
0: yeah. there are, You can get tamari ones. You can get some that uh, are even dotted with seaweed, which I think is terrible. But you can get
1: them. Yum-a.
0: All right. What else? You know what else we do for snacks? Um, back to the air fryer. But you could do this in an oven. We do the roasted chickpeas thing now and then mm-hmm. um, where they get kind of crunchy. The, the problem with those is they... They're so dry eventually that if you eat, like, six of them, they can kind of get stuck in your throat. And
1: that's mm. not good. Not good um, for kiddos.
0: Not good for kiddos and also just not very appealing for adults. It's just it's just too much. So small amounts of those. I typically try to eat them as, like, a salad crouton or a soup crouton mm. um, because then you're getting some moisture along with it. Um, but with the air fire, like, you know what we can do with it? As I mentioned before, we just put – like, we can just chop mushrooms up and put them in there. No oil, no salt, no anything. Uh, or do the same with asparagus and Ellery especially. But even our son Holden will will eat that. Uh, and they did it. With, my Aaron did it with Brussels sprouts, and they were chasing each other for the last Brussels sprout, the last you know air fried Brussels sprout that had nothing on it whatsoever. Uh, they just couldn't get enough of them. So those that that has kind of opened up a whole new world of of healthy snacks for us. That all we need to do is stick those things in the air fryer, and then they'll eat them. We need an air fryer sponsor here. We do need that. You're right. Totally well you know what i as much as i'm enthused about it these days because it's we've only had it for a month um i can't say that i'm like 100 in and saying everyone should have an air fryer it's i don't know i don't even know if i mean i'm i would imagine that as you it's not that it's that high of a temperature but it but the the effect is a higher temperature because it's moving you know very quickly moving air that is hot um so i don't know i'm sure there is some degradation of the the nutrients in the food compared to eating it raw um so i don't know i I haven't really admittedly have not looked at the science to see what happens with the nutrition of an air fryer but uh to me it's kind of one of those things even if it is slightly less healthy than eating raw which surely it is um it's a great thing if you can get your kids to eat these vegetables without anything added to them um that's it's a huge win so anyway um what else smoothies smoothies for kids you do that we do smoothies for kids smoothies of course are argued about people talk about uh that it's too too dense in calories when you when you blend it up right you're you're making it very easy to take in a, a whole lot you could drink way more calories in a smoothie than you could eat if you were to just eat the ingredients um and that's why a lot of people say they don't like them you can also take in those those calories much faster and potentially then your body's not going to handle them as well maybe your blood sugar will spike differently um so, you know, there are, there are plenty of arguments against smoothies. I still think, again, one of those things where the, the benefits outweigh whatever cost there might be, um, and I'm kind of speaking from it, like, Holden is really, really into soccer, and he's really into swimming, and he's great at these things, um, but the food he eats is is all not very calorically dense, so it's it's hard to get kids to eat a lot of food. I guess, you know, a lot of kids these days are obese, but um, kids, kids are notoriously picky eaters. So... If 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 already the food that he's eating is is fairly low in calories compared to an omnivorous diet, uh, and we hit a stretch where three dinners in a row he happens not to be that into it, or you know a, a lunch he doesn't like, and then the dinner that night he's not into, it's like I don't know. I feel like there can be days where he, he barely eats any calories, and he acts like he's not hungry. So um, that's something that we're kind of working with now, and just trying to come up with different foods that that we know he will eat. Um, and want and also if we can make them calorically dense, we typically think of that as a win. So smoothies are pretty reliable the kids will almost always do those. Um, I used to kind of sneak a lot of greens into the smoothies, but we hit a point where they were thinking the smoothies were gross, so you know, I backed off on the greens and now we'll still stir some spinach in there. Um, it's good because they can it can pass undetected into their system uh, but that's not my biggest concern. I really want to get the nuts and seeds in there. Fruits, um, berries are such a great food, and it's just not that easy to get berries. Plus, they're expensive. So, if you get frozen berries in smoothies, they're cheaper, and uh, it's great. So, we do a decent number of smoothies, probably about one a day for the kids. Uh, that's also where we put their. That's where we put my supplement, um, which is Compliment, as we've talked about lots of times. The kids will do a little juice in the morning, like a little shot of juice in a shot glass, literally, with their Compliment sprayed in there. <laughs> um, but we have like a chocolate smoothie that we do for Holden. That's kind of a workout recovery thing. You know how chocolate milk is the big, uh, the, you know, the, the the perfect food for post-workout stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I've so, heard so, that somewhere. Yeah, I, can't um, forget, I can forget who paid
1: for that, but uh. <laughs> right. If only we
0: knew who who sponsored that advertising campaign. Maybe it was just maybe it was just uh, you know, us just sporting organizations just looking out for the best. That's the right. Children. Just a PSA for yes.
1: the general public. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, but anyway, chocolate smoothie—not not at all because chocolate milk was supposedly this great recovery drink, but it just it just is a nice filling thing. Um, so we can we can put a bunch of nuts and seeds, uh, almond milk. Sometimes we use soy milk just to boost the uh, the calorie content of the smoothie. Some cacao, um, a couple of dates, frozen bananas, and it's this really good, almost milkshakey thing that uh, that he will drink up. So
1: hmm. yeah,
0: we like we like it for that reason. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm just a smoothie fan. I think it's very important not to chug that smoothie. I, I do recognize that that is, uh, one of the objections. And I think that is accurate that that it allows you to drink it very quickly. So don't drink it quickly, you know, take 30 minutes to drink your smoothie if you can. Um, for me, it helps to have it in like a, an opaque glass or opaque, uh, container. Cause if you see the smoothie and you're just seeing it thicken and get gross and discolor, I don't like that. But, uh, if I can't see it, you know, I'll just drink it. So, <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah, there's that. How about you guys? You you about smoothies, Doug?
1: We do. We do smoothies quite a bit. Yeah, a couple times a week for sure, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently, I don't know, in the past few weeks, we've started introducing them to Eliza. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why we were holding off before. No particular reason, I don't think. We just seemed kind of messy, I guess. And uh but now she she does really well with straws, so Nice. And give her a, like, you know, one of those reusable straw cup mm-hmm. things. And um, she it's been hit or miss. Sometimes she's, like, super into it. And other times she's really not. Yeah. Well, we're all that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, well, I think we should wrap it up. But uh, there is some more parenting advice we want to share, right? There is. Um, so this, let's see. I've got... I'll, I'm going to run through a quick
0: list in a minute, Doug. And then we'll... Uh, okay. That's right. Then it won't take long, um, and then I have a final a final thought. Uh, Ooh, but but the parenting advice thought. exactly. But check out um, nomedieting slash parent. It is a that is a link that will redirect you to what's called the plant based parenting summit. It's a series of interviews. I think I think there are about thirty of us uh, who were interviewed for it, and including many friends of mine. Um, so including Evelise, who's there. Rip Esselstyn from Engine Two, uh, interviewed among many others. But um, it's just you know, it's a thirty minute, thirty forty minutes about just kind of how we do parenting and how we on a plant based diet, and you know that comes with a lot of stuff. We haven't at all talked about the social stuff or or how do you talk to your kids about this diet uh, because that's that's a huge part of it. They're they're gonna they get bombarded with questions about it from friends um, or if if they are good at kind of you know not making a huge deal out of it and just sort of. Doing it and kind of seeming like a normal kid then maybe they don't get bombarded with the questions that's kind of the approach that i like to have but uh but my kids do they do talk about it now and then with friends and we've i am always happy to hear what they say about it because i think it's a really nice reflection of um what we've tried to tell them about it so that's a whole different side they're all different aspects um but in this plant-based plant-based parenting summit um all kinds of stuff like that is talked about and it's totally free and i think it runs probably at the time this podcast goes out is probably when it is beginning uh, so you can go there and sign up and you'll get emails about all the different interviews as, as they go out. So, um, that's nomadathlete.com slash parent. Um, but let's see final things, Doug. I was going to mention the, oh, like, cause we started, I mentioned wraps. We mentioned the smoothies. I mentioned peanut butter, almond butter sandwiches. Um, mentioned the dressings. I just wanted to give more specific foods. Uh, stir fry is one that has worked really well for us. The kids, you know, they like, we kind of talked about this when when vegetables are um, cooked to death, they they become really unappealing to kids. And I think a lot of the I don't like vegetables sentiment, uh, even among adults, is because we're used to eating, or we grew up eating like canned asparagus or right. uh, you know peas out of a can. I mean, just really gross things that when you see those in their fresh state, whether you see them come out of the ground or you know at least uncooked or at least barely cooked uh, the way they are in a stir fry they actually have a lot of appeal to them. There's this crunch and texture, and you, you get the sense that it's not this crazy foreign thing on your plate. Uh, it's something that you know you could imagine growing. So stir fry tends to work really well for the kids. Um, it's actually quite easy to do stir fry without oil if that's important to you. You know, you don't get a gourmet stir fry, but, but if you throw a bunch of sliced carrots in a cast iron skillet or even another one, as long as you keep it moving around and don't let it stick too long, um, you know, it will heat up, it will brown a little bit, and you just add water now and then and make sure that water kind of cooks off by the end because you don't want a big wet plate when, when you serve it. But um, you can use water to heat that food in a pan. And, you know, if you put you put some, some soy sauce, maybe a little maple syrup or ginger or garlic, uh, rice vinegar, just a little, you know, basic soy sauce. Or, sorry, basic uh, stir fry sauce, which, you know, there's a billion recipes for on the Internet. Or you can just make one up using those ingredients. Um, it ends up with something, you end up with something really good. And that, along with some tofu which uh, often we will bake the tofu for a stir fry just because it's simple and again you don't have to put a lot of oil in there nowadays we'll do the air fryer with it um, kids will go for stir fry that's kind of a that's kind of a, a meal they will eat reliably falafel is another one that works pretty well um, beans have been like a challenge for us with holden or, as we mentioned ellery she she loves those so just eat them up but uh holden, something about the texture of beans has always been an issue so whenever we can find uh, like bean hacks that will that will sneak beans into his diet. Um, we are into that. <clears throat> so falafels a good way to do that because it, you know there's no bean texture there. It's just it doesn't even taste like beans. It's just a nice little veggie burger like substance. Veggie yep. um, Veggie burgers another good example. Of course, if you get them made with whole food ingredients for the most part, avoid the pea protein, avoid the soy protein isolates, uh, and unfortunately, lots of these these new burgers that are <clears throat> getting all the press, like the Beyond Burger. I imagine the impossible burger but I don't know for sure. Uh they're you know they're made with a bunch of processed junk. So so they're not not what I'm talking about when I say good veggie burgers. But get a good homemade recipe or, or find a good one like uh I think is it Dr. Prager's? Doug, have you seen those? Yeah. Yeah. Those are those are pretty healthy. They're not the favorite of the kids, but those are some pretty whole food. Veggie
1: they're not the favorite of me either. They fall apart no too easily. <laughs> yeah. But they but you can like see the whole food in there.
0: Yes, you totally can um but but make your own i mean like heather crosby our friend from yum universe in her first cookbook yum universe she has a really good recipe that she made from our veggie burger formula but it just turned out better than anything i've ever made with that formula (laughs) (laughs) she just put the things together expertly and it's this really really good chickpea burger that our kids love and it's one of my favorites too so um check that out If if you google yum universe veggie burgers you may find that on the internet somewhere i don't know um Red Lentil Pasta from Trader Joe's has been revolutionary for us. Um, it is what it sounds like. It's it's little uh, pasta. I don't know. what It's not—I'm uh, blanking Doug on my on my pasta shapes. It's not rigatoni. It is much narrower than that. And they have a name for it that I've never heard of. It may be a Trader Joe's made-up name, like all their wines, that they just slap names on and make up that, uh, that aren't buck Chuck, but they, they make up their own Italian names that they put on their wines. Anyway, um— the pasta is made only with red lentil flour. Nothing else in there at all. I'm sure they make it with water originally, but uh, the ingredient list just has red lentils. And amazingly, it tastes a whole lot like good pasta. I, I am someone who's a little bit picky about pastas, and I don't really like when I don't like quinoa slash corn pastas. I don't like rice pasta. Um, I can I can kind of do uh, some of these some of these bean pastas. I can do the whole wheat pasta for sure, but uh, this one is the best. This one. You got to cook it exactly right. If you go too long or too little, it's it's the texture is a little off. But if you get it right, it is it is almost you know indistinguishable from from good pasta, and it's made with beans. So my kids will eat the heck out of that, and that is a good. Um, we have a vegan parmesan sprinkle. If you Google, you'll probably find that on no Meat athlete. I'm not again sure that you will, but vegan parmesan sprinkle. Just look it up. It's made with nutritional yeast, which I think is a healthy food. Uh, cashews, a little bit of salt and garlic powder, delicious. And man, I think that's—I think those are the those are kind of our our big go-to snacky meal type things. Of course, we do many more. As I said, like we always—I don't know—I feel like we cook one or two new recipes a week, just kind of trying something new. Uh, and you know, they may or may not like it. But we have a bunch of those little staples that we know they will, and we try to work those in. Um. So, my final thought, Doug, is—let's hear it. Actually, I have two final thoughts. One of them is an advertisement for compliment. Um, we, so we just got back from vacation a couple days ago. Our mail was supposedly held, uh, by the post office, except it turned out it wasn't held and we didn't bother to check our mailbox. And so my new shipment of compliment, which has the new flavor in it, which I was dying to have, um, sat there for like four days, I think in scorching heat. And, uh, amazingly, I thought it was going to taste like terrible fishy algae taste, uh, but it doesn't. It tastes just as good as when you brought over that refrigerated bottle for me to try, and uh, hey. it's good. So I think that is a testament to the new flavor of compliment. I don't think people know about the new flavor. We haven't really like publicized it, uh, but the flavor like it was always good. It was it was passable. I could I could do it, but every now and then you detect this sort of algae flavor, which comes, of course, from the algae oil that makes the DHA and EPA. Um, so i would need to kind of mask it in a in a smoothie or a juice rather than spraying it right in my mouth which is fine putting it with whole foods can be good um but the 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 hope of making a spray was that if needed you could just spray it in your mouth and i kind of got to the point where i wasn't really doing that anymore with compliment because i just i don't know every now and then that that algae taste would hit me and i wouldn't be into it uh but this new one has a very very nice light orange flavor it's made with organic orange juice some small amount of that um or maybe it's organic orange flavor but it is it is it is goodness and it tastes great and i'm very very happy thrilled with this so telling everyone i can about it uh if you go to alpineorganics.co that's alpineorganics.co that is uh that's the, we changed the name of the company from light drop to alpine organics uh for a variety of reasons but anyway go there and you'll see a uh, compliment we have a good little deal where you can try it if you've never tried it before in a in a small one month supply so that is that um Oh, my final thought is I think with with as we talked about, with nutrition, with plant based nutrition, like it is one thing to do it for yourself. It feels uh, quite a bit weightier or heavier uh, to make that decision for your children. And suddenly I don't know, you can kinda of, you can kind of be a freewheeling, shooting from the hip, Doug Hay type of guy when you're trying out a plant based diet on your own. <laughs> right? You just you just right. I'm you know, I'm doing it. World at my world is my oyster. Um, but when you start, you start giving that diet to your kids, it just introduces this whole other thing. It's like, wow, what if I'm doing the wrong thing? What if this isn't as good as I think it, it for me, it's just it, this whole nother burden of proof sort of seems to come
1: along. Um, yeah, it's a lot of pressure to do it. Right.
0: Yeah. Cause it's someone else and it's your kid and it's like, it's their nutrition. Right. And if you screwed mm-hmm. that up, uh, that would be, that would, I don't know, mm-hmm. it, <laughs> it would be really bad. Um, so anyway, that's, that is a huge obstacle for parents. So. We mentioned the parenting summit. Listening to lots of people talk about it—that is one thing that will help. You'll start to be exposed to more people who who are doing it, and uh, and that helps. But what helped me more than almost anything was reading Joel Furman's book. It's called "Disease Proof Your Child," and I'm a big fan of Furman. He has that kind of rigorous scientific, um, you know, way about him, and I've always liked his stuff for that reason. Uh, but this one is all about kids, and I, this, as much as I like love this book. I won't say I got a ton of like practical tips out of it. What I got out of it was the experience of reading 150 or 180 or whatever pages of a doctor who I trust going on and on about how great a choice it is for you to make this one for your child. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people like talk about, you know, the like, you know, don't you feel like you need to really plan things? Don't you feel like you really need to uh, be really careful if you're going to be plant-based with your kids and I don't know if Furman makes this exact point, but one that I've kind of, I don't know, I came away with that, uh, or maybe it was from conversations with others, but like, I think we should have been more careful when we were giving our kids fast food a couple times a week, or when we would right. just, you know, default to, um, you know, normal macaroni and cheese out of a box, or what. like, and that's, you know, we're not that far removed from that. For us, it was, it was only 10 years ago that I was still eating that way now and then. Uh, we didn't have kids yet, but if I had had them, I probably would have been giving them their share of that stuff. Sure. and you know i just think i think someone doing that needs to be really really careful with how often they're doing that and making sure that they're giving their kids all the stuff they need um whereas if if your kid's eating the kind of stuff that we talked about doug all the uh you know if they're eating lots of beans and brown rice and fruits brown rice of course, being the arsenic thing we got to talk about that but um eating veggies out of the garden i mean it like it's just to me that is that is a night and day difference in a diet and uh i'm not gonna say you don't need to be careful of course you want to look out for what your kid's eating um but it sure seems like that your default in that second situation is is way better than than the other so um i don't know i came away with that message it really really helped me in in feeling like i was making the right choice for my kids so check that one out uh joel Furman, disease proof your child and uh i don't know the only other thing i could say is that our experience here in Asheville, we had a great pediatrician back in Maryland that we really liked. It was a friend of uh, or a, a family of one of my friends, and he was supportive. He was fairly supportive of the way we were doing things. But we got to Asheville and had had trouble, actually, believe it or not, finding a doctor who we just, you know, resonated with. Uh, but we found one who we really like, and uh, he's not like a vegan. He's not an out there doctor. He's just a, he's just a normal doctor in the community. But uh, every time we go in, he's just so positive about you know, our kids' health and, and, you know, how they are doing and how their that's blood results look. And he and he all the time just thanks us for being such great patients and says how <laughs> he wishes everyone would do what we do. And I don't think he means would be vegan like you guys. Or I think he means would take an interest in their children's health the way we do. Mm. Um, so that that's just been really, really help, helpful for me. I'm not saying that to, like, brag and say, look how great we do it. I'm saying that because having someone like that um supportive yeah reinforce it to me it just helps helps make me feel good about this decision because you know i do this for my job and uh, this is a huge part of my life this plant-based diet um but you know still it's just it's just it's so deeply ingrained that alternate that other way of thinking about it and the square meals and the protein that like you know still now and then like i just have these little thoughts where like you know i want to go check out the Furman book again and make just get that i want to get that reinforcement again so anyway um just share that for in case people. I imagine there are a lot of people who are in that position where they they feel that bit of doubt. And uh, I don't know. I, I think I really do think it's a great decision for for kids. Um, but do your own research, right, Doug?
1: That's right, always.
0: All right. Well, we've gone fairly long this time. Um, yep. But you know, I'm I'm happy with this episode. I think we went <laughs> a little yes. little rambly, maybe, but mm-hmm. um, but I think I think this is this is how Nomad athlete Season 3 should be.
1: I like it. I dig it. Good. All this right. This was fun. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening, everyone.
0: We'll be back next week with another.
1: Great. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Talk <laughs> to Take soon. care, man. All right. Bye.